Thank you for joining us on the coaching podcast. As part of the Sin Network, we are passionate about equipping church planters to live out the call God has placed on their lives. Join us as we talk through healthy coaching practices and why every church planter needs one. Here's your host, Dino Sinesi. Well, this is actually Jamie Lamato today. I'm your host, a guest host on the Sin Network Coaching Podcast. I'm the coaching coordinator for the Sin Network, and I have a guest host today. Uh, this is Josh Turner. Josh Turner and I were peer coaches. We attended the very first one-day map. Josh, uh, tell the audience that's listening today a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I'm Josh Turner. Planted a church in my hometown 15 years ago, and now I serve on staff as a strategist for the SBC of Virginia, loving it, enjoying church planning. Yeah, part of uh, Josh's responsibilities it also at the SBCV is to help uh, train and um, deploy coaches for church planters with the SBCV. And so the SBCV is bought in to the whole coaching process, and we're really thankful for that. We have a special guest today. He is normally our host. We have Dino Sinesi. He is a author. He is a coach extraordinaire, and uh, he is my friend, and he's also my boss. And uh, Dino is the... Dino... You're doing well, Jamie. That's right. Dino is the coaching director for the Sin Network. Uh, A couple podcasts ago, maybe, you probably heard him say he was the director of the Sin Network. Oh, did I? Yeah, you did. It was was something deep in my heart that I wanted to be. He aspires to be the uh, director. The global uh, guy. That's right. But he is the coaching director for the Sin Network. And uh, Josh and I are going to be interviewing Dino today about his new book, Sending Well. Sending Well. And uh, so, Dino, uh, one of the things that I wanted to ask you today is this, is Uh, Talk to uh, our audience today about the writing process. We might have somebody who's listening today who is an aspiring author. And uh, just talk to them a little bit about what the writing process was like for you. Yeah, well, it it was tough. (laughs) I had some experiences with that before, but I would would flip it around to anybody that's listening. Uh, I think people have a lot of stuff in them. Uh, that could be written. And I, I think everybody has a little bit ri- of writer in them. It's a totally different discipline, uh, Josh, than, than speaking. And that was the first adjustment I had to make is it's like, because I could talk, I could preach, but writing is a little bit different process. But uh, yeah, so so it, it was a compilation of a lot of materials and people like yourself, Jamie, helped with the book as well. And uh, so, uh, but it was intense. It was an intense writing process. I had a lot of help. And without the resources of North American Mission Board, it would have never, ever happened. Uh, I couldn't have done that on my free time because I didn't have any free time when I was working on it. Yeah, yeah. So. What, was, uh, what was the most challenging chapter for you to write? <sighs> wow, uh, that's a good question. You're kind of like a coach guy. Yeah, uh, I, think, I think for me, uh, really the, the sweet spot, and some of this was a conversation I had with you, the sweet spot of the book was the 10 qualities of a great coach, and that was the middle of the book. Uh, so there, there's a part of the book that talks about building a coaching platform, and that was okay. The last part was the systems part, 
And uh, I had to work hard. I had to talk to a few people and uh, I've learned a lot about systems since then. So I would think the last section of the book where I unpack what it's like to create a coaching culture and, and how to run a system, the difference between a system and a process. I guess that's where I felt I was the most over my head. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before we jump into the content um, and talk about the content of the book, um, what did your writing process look like? Did you, uh, we, we make fun of this guy. We saw this movie and the guy, uh, he would write in the bathtub. He had a bathtub desk with a typewriter and uh, he would smoke cigars and write. That was his process. <laughs> did you have something similar to that? <laughs> I, I did. Well, I didn't smoke cigars, and I may not tell you if I did, but I, I but I didn't. Yeah. So so, but yeah, I, I I have to go away. The way I'm wired is I can't write an hour at a time. You know, I I, I have to write in large blocks. I think the most I've ever written in a day, and I guess this is a podcast. I guess I'm guilty of bragging, but back when I was writing with others, I wrote uh, like 18 hours one day. And uh, that was painful. Uh, it was painful. But I'm at my best when that's all I'm doing because I have focus issues. So I can't write an hour and do something else an hour. So I, I'd go away. I, I'd go to a hotel in Charlotte and set up for a week. Uh, and uh, I would go to my parents' house in Tennessee and I'd set up for a week. And I mean, I'd eat, sleep, and write. And that's the way it works best for me. And that's kind of what the writing process looked like. I had a lot of readers who would give me feedback. Uh, Jamie, even again, you contributed content, as did Eddie Hancock, but a lot of readers, uh, volunteer readers, would read chapters and give very valuable feedback. It's like field testing the content, and they'd ask questions, and they go, that doesn't make any sense to me. And I'd say, I'd look at it again, I'd say, I see why. So we go in and fix it. So I've learned a lot from other writers, and I know that depending on people and having not having thin skin, letting them kind of say, this doesn't make any sense, because it all makes sense to you. You know that, you're a writer. Uh, you know, it all makes sense to you when you write it. But its problem is it doesn't make sense to anybody else. So it's like, yeah. Yeah, one of the things that I find is it makes sense to me. And then I let Dino read it. And he basically says that makes no sense at all. <laughs> he tells me that uh, your sentences should be 17 words or less. Uh, and it should actually be less than 17 words. And uh, also, he always encourages me to get to the, the subject as far up into the sentence as possible. And so uh, yeah, I sound like a nightmare, man. <laughs> I sound like a middle school writing teacher is like that you would like call in sick for that class. But uh, well, but I'll tell you what, man, you've helped me develop in just a little bit of writing that I've done. Uh, what would be uh, one last piece of advice that you would give someone who is an aspiring writer? What's something that they should do to grow and develop in their writing? Ed Stetzer, name drop. Ed Stetzer uh, gave me the best advice. Uh, and uh, and I'll pass on the the glory. If you know, if you know Ed, you know this was him. He told me shut up and write, mm -hmm. and that was the best advice I had because when I first started writing, I would always be oh think 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 think, and uh, I, you can get stuck in the thinking process. Uh, shut up and write, and uh, it'll 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 be a lot better that way. You can't correct or edit anything that's not written. Mm -hmm. There's nothing, nothing to do. So start writing. If you don't have a blog, get a blog. Write, write to your church. Write to people. And you'll see it's like coaching. Reps, 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 reps. You'll get better. Get some readers. And I think it'll get you well on your way. This is part of your legacy, by the way. You know Oswald Chambers? He didn't know he was Oswald Chambers. Mm -hmm. He just thought he was a preacher. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, so what a legacy that a man left. 
And and this writing for you guys, it's part of your legacy. Somebody will read it one day, mm-hmm. and they'll they'll read it. And that's a kingdom legacy, and they won't be that we won't be Oswald Chambers, I don't think. But uh, get to work. Yeah, that's very similar to what my friend Ben Arment said. It wasn't as short and concise as Ed's words, <laughs> but he basically said he said before I ever uh, sold a forty thousand word book, I gave away a hundred thousand words in. Uh, 500 word blocks from my blog. And so he would consistently and regularly write those 500 word, 700 word blogs. And he gave away a hundred thousand words before he ever got paid from a a hundred or from a 40,000 word book. And so you got to give it away before you can um, grow as a writer. Josh, you've read the book, Sending Well. yeah, what, what are some things that you found helpful as a coach from the book Sending Well? Well, the book, if people are reading it, you know, so that's awesome. The book was well-written. It's easy to read. It grabs your attention. There's stories throughout the book, real-life application. And I just, I just thought anybody who's looking to build a coaching network or, or is interested in coaching, I think this will just prime the pump and give them all the tools and detail they need to get some good coaching going on. That's so. good. What was your What was your favorite chapter? Maybe the content from the chapter. What was your favorite part of the book? Well, I like the uh, the the uh, systems piece, like how to develop a coaching system. That was my favorite part because that's what I'm working on now. Like so, you know, I'm trying to get some good stuff happening in Virginia with our convention, and so this book right here was just I was eating it up you know, and on how to develop a system, a good coaching system, how to identify good coaches. You know, what do they look like? Is it just anybody? Do you just grab people? Or what are some characteristics of coaches? And then some of the cool things were the personal touches that as a coach you provide to your your planners or whatever, following up through the week, um, knowing, knowing the names of their wife and their kids, just personal things, not just to check off the box, but really interested in the planner and his family. And so those are some real cool personal touches that I really benefited from. Dino, um, as you were writing the book, I know there, there are authors that I've talked to in the past. They said, man, this chapter, this was, this was it for me. I really loved this chapter. Uh, what would you tell to our listeners as like as the author of Sending Well? What was your favorite chapter? Yeah, well, and and this was a little bit of a surprise, but uh, you know Jeff Christofferson has written so much on the kingdom, and even even my friend Neil McGlone that you've met uh, is is helped me understand how the kingdom, the intricacies of the kingdom. Uh, I was really going to depend on Jeff to help me with uh, some with the chapter on the kingdom, and he just couldn't. He was writing too much. He was beyond capacity, and. Uh, uh, I really like that one because it it captures my heart to uh, about church planters. Uh, my background's different. I wasn't a church planter, so I, I view through the lens of the value of that planter. Uh, I worked with planters since 1986, but I, I sometimes I think we subconsciously marginalize planters. We look at them as kind of workers on an assembly line, and we depersonalize uh, depersonalize who they are. And, and when you when you look in, in scripture, you realize that that planters are kingdom citizens, and most planters will not be planters all their lives. Most of them won't, and so we have to treat them as as God's gift 
to the kingdom and realize that part of our coaching is not only going to help them while they're planting, but when God reassigns them, which he has done to both of you guys, by the way, Mm -hmm. when God reassigns them, they're going to be ready to go. So that's a whole idea of the value of the planter. I told a few stories about people in that chapter uh, that some of their church plants shut down, Mm -hmm. Uh, Jeff Christopherson being one of them. And that's the ultimate scarlet letter, right? It's mm-hmm. like your plant shut down. Oh, my goodness. Well, I realize there's implications when a plant shuts down, so I'm not minimizing that. But I'm saying life goes on, and God uses these men. My friend Ron Renner in Cincinnati, my friend Artie Davis in Orangeburg, all of them. And so so I guess I just had fun, uh, and it was a sweet time for me to really think about the value of that planter in the kingdom. You know, that echoes what you talk about in the book, uh, what we talk about in our training, which is— um, it's about the doing and the being. You know, sometimes we focus in our coaching and in our leadership just about doing that kingdom assignment. Mm-hmm. But it's also about that spiritual formation, that being. And that's one of the things I loved about your book that you really draw out, especially in the beginning. And it really flows out in the training that we do in training coaches across North America. Yes. Well, and, and I think that the shepherd of the soul and, and, you know, Gospel Coach is really strong on this, too. And, and uh, uh, Scott Thomas, uh, his, his heart and his passion, learning through their experiences how tough uh, planters had it and what was going on in their personal lives. But the, the shepherd of the soul, uh, you know, planters need a Barnabas. We, they have people who are pulling on them. Mm-hmm. They have people who are pushing on them. And those can be very important relationships. Sometimes they're not good, but sometimes they're good. But they need a relationship that's walking beside them, the Barnabas, the one who's the the son of encouragement, who's helping them move forward. Yeah. So one one last question, Dino. Um, Where did the title come from, Sending Well? Um, I know that uh, it's a heart at the heart of our training, Mm -hmm. um, but... Tell our listeners today where the title Sending Well came from. Well, it, it all fits together for, for me when I think about that sending is not just dropping people out of airplanes. And when you look at Scripture, there is a sending ethic. There's a way we ought to send. And we have a biblical responsibility to send like the Bible shows us to send, like in Acts 13, Paul and Barnabas. Uh, a prayer meeting broke out, and they mm-hmm. sent people. They put hands on them, and the way they sent was as important as the sending, sure. right? And so it was. there's co-senders, by the way, in that text. The church was a sender, and the Holy Spirit was a sender. And then you read in John chapter 20, Jesus said, As the Father sends me, so send I you. So the sending part is not trivial. It's, it's, it's the center of what God wants to do in the world for every man, woman, and child. So what I say is the way we send is as important as ascending, and, and God wants us to send well. That's part of our responsibility. Very good. Josh, any final words to our listeners as to why they should pick up Sending Well? Well, I think you're just going to find a book that when you pick it up, you can't put it down, and you're going to get excited about coaching. You're going to get excited about at least getting involved in this and getting something going. And so uh, pick it up. It's going to be great. That's awesome. Well, we want to thank you for taking the time to check out the Sin Network Coaching Podcast. And uh, here's what we'd encourage you to do. Head over to Amazon, pick up the book, and uh, begin reading it and begin implementing the principles that are found in that book. And uh, like my host normally says, until next time, keep coaching. You've been listening to The Coaching Podcast, a resource of the North American Mission Board. Are you a church planner in need of a coach? 
Visit namb.net slash coaching to learn more.